Hello, I'm Rebecca Rosewood, and this is Thrice Cursed. Warning, Thrice Cursed is a true crime and paranormal podcast. It is intended for mature audiences. Some graphic depictions of violence and other unpleasant material may exist beyond this point. For more specific content warnings, please reference the episode notes. Welcome to the first ever Grimoire Tales, an episode made entirely by you, for you. I requested that you send in your stories so that I could read them, and you did not disappoint. I haven't read these yet, so all of my reactions will be real. With that being said, let's just get into it. I have been waiting for entirely far too long to read these. First, Ashley sent in a childhood tale. I grew up in an extremely haunted house. I slept in a room that led to the upstairs every night when I went to bed. I had to be facing away from that door with my bedroom door open, or I would get sick. When I was 10, my papa died, and it was the only night I slept with my door shut. My papa's apparition sat at the end of my bed and told me it was okay. He was home. Later, we caught a picture of him looking out the porch window and me holding my little brother he never got to meet. Well, that's adorable. Um, I'm so sorry for your loss. (sighs) Coming right out of the gate with one that's going to make me cry. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) This next story comes from a wonderful listener that actually followed me over from my former podcast and goes by Mysteria Wayne. This is a tale about my own family's experience with an old haunted track in San Antonio, Texas, and the night we visited it to find out if the urban legend was true. This was back in the 1970s when I was a teenager. The story goes that a school bus filled with kids got stuck on the tracks and were unable to make it across before being hit by the oncoming train. It's a tragic story, and everybody on board the bus died. Okay, so I think my mom, who grew up in Texas, told me this exact same story when I was a kid. So, this has me pretty stoked. (laughs) The ghosts of the children remain at the ghost tracks to help motorists get safely across. This was part of a spooky tour that my uncle gave us during our visit one summer. He told us the sad story and then parked us on the tracks and put his car in neutral. He said that we would feel the car being pushed by the ghost children over the tracks to the other side. Mind you, it's the dead of night and almost immediately my mother and I started begging him to just go. Please just keep driving. Our fear-pitched voices echoed in the still night, and I can still feel myself shivering, even though it was a typical warm and humid South Texas night. My dad kept shushing us. He said we'd scare the ghosts away. To this day, I wonder if my uncle switched gears and rolled the car a bit because we all swore that we felt something. Whether we did or not, I'm a believer that wherever there is a loss of life so great, there must be a spiritual wake an energy force that would linger for all times. For many of us, trains evoke a yearning for adventure and a haunting nostalgia for a time long gone by when townsfolk across America knew there was both excitement and danger riding the rails. 
Okay, so first off, Mysteria, somebody should be a writer professionally. Get on it. Uh, Secondly, my mom actually told me that some of her friends went and they actually covered their car in flour and you could see little handprints on the back of the vehicle where the like where the windows were you could see little handprints in the flower. So I fully believe that you guys felt something and that it was not your uncle shifting gears. <sighs> Whew, lots of emotion. All right. So the next one, we have a story from one of my favorite podcasters, friends and listeners. Hey Rebecca, I'm going to try and keep this one short since I have a terrible habit of rambling on about things, lol, which just a little bit, but so do I. So I love it. (laughs) So a few years ago, before Tyler and I got together, I dated this guy named Drew. He was nice enough, but my internal oh fuck no meter went off with him a whole lot. I bought him chain smoker tickets. Jealous. He stayed over once in a while, had keys to my place. Always promising to pay me back with a casual, I got you. I still fucking hate the phrase. (sighs) Uh, I always had a sense that he was going to do something stupid, just not this bad. So fast forward a little bit, Drew ghosted me, and I had gone through one more fling before Tyler and I had officially started dating. Our three years just passed this June. I had seen the news and saw a name and rat face. I knew right away. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I had seen the news and saw a name and rat face. I knew right away on a news story on Facebook. It was Drew. Turns out his little female friend had thought her boyfriend was cheating on her. With no proof. By the way, he bailed on me at the above concert to hang with this chick. Hmm. (laughs) Love him already, Nikki. You definitely upgraded with Tyler. Just saying. So what did she do? She got Drew and one more guy to beat him to death. To say I was shooketh was an understatement. I knew he'd be a wet piece of lettuce, but not this wet of one. But also, like, he owed me money. So, like, I didn't care that he was getting locked away for a while. Needless to say, it's still something I can never shake off that my inner voice was like, bail, 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 while I had the chance. Anyways, that's my short story of how I dated a murderer and how he still owes me money. But I couldn't give a shit because he's behind bars anyways. Your pod friend, Nikki. Girl. (laughs) Like, I'm just, I'm glad you bailed. Listen, listen to your inner voice more, and that goes for everybody. If your inner voice is telling you, like, mm mm, mm mm, mm mm, please listen. Okay. Okay, so since Rebecca requested, I am submitting again. Aren't I just a fucking pest, Nikki? <laughs> Hello, everyone of the world. My name is Nikki, and I have a weird-ass fucking life as a medium who literally can't stand having the ability to see slash attract the dead. So, of course, weird shit has happened to me. Let me tell you a couple of my faves that still annoy me to this day. First one starts when I was seven years old. I was a little shit that preferred to stay up until two in the morning while watching OG Powerpuff Girls. Fuck 
Yes, Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> I still watch it. I don't care. I've seen it like 800 times all the way through, and now I'm going to watch it again after I'm done with this, so thanks. <laughs> Naturally, my parents were sick and tired of my cranky-ass shit and told me to go to my room. So, I did. I actually listened to them. For once. But of course, the little boy ghost in my house couldn't resist totally fucking with me overnight. So, I shit you not, I thought I dreamed what happened next. I woke up a little. If I'm serious, I am not good at staying asleep. Never have been. (laughs) Me neither. And I saw that I was floating down the hallway. I'm talking knees in my face, cradle carry, floating down the hall with nobody carrying me. I hate that. Thank you. I thought it was a fucking dream until I woke up in the living room. Side note, this was a three-bedroom apartment, and my little brother and I shared the bedroom closest to the kitchen and living room. So this was not a super far travel, but nothing to sneeze at. Girl, you levitated. I don't think anybody was sneezing at anything. (laughs) Uh. So I was rudely awakened by my mother, angry at me that I snuck into the living room late at night, no matter how much I promised I didn't. Here's the kicker, though. The TV was on, get this, Cartoon Network. (laughs) It happened to be showing Powerpuff Girls that morning. Needless to say, I'm still peeved. Girl, the ghost got you in so much trouble. (sighs) I kind of want to be that ghost when I die, though. Just fucking with people not children because that's rude but like (gasps) i want to be a ghost that outs guys who are cheating on people or girls i don't discriminate if you're cheating on someone i'ma get ya second story happens much later in life i was about 16 or 17 years old we had moved into a duplex and naturally it was fucking haunted naturally not because of normal things but because things like to follow me and be like, LOL, she can see us. Let's fuck with her. (gasps) Oh, what a mood. So naturally, I spent a lot of time in my bedroom. Then one day, after a lot of hounding from my parents for not listening to them about things they literally never told me about, parents, am I right? I finally saw the cause of all my problems. While walking out of my bedroom, I finally saw her. A black shadow version of myself, not that far off since I still wear all black to this day, can confirm. This thing scared me so much, I fucking noped myself right back into my bedroom. The hell with all of that. (laughs) So those are two of my best, most annoying stories that I have for you. Hope you enjoyed. I sure as fuck didn't when it happened. Ah, much love, Nikki. So that was from my friend Nikki from Page Turners and Button Mashers podcast. It is a podcast where she covers really fun books. I tend to recommend a lot of really awful ones that she unfortunately has to read and then report back to us. You don't have to read the book yourself to understand what's happening. 
Um, and then her now fiance, Tyler, actually, he plays through an entire video game and then reports that back to you. And it's a lot of fun. I was actually in one episode with them called The Lost Causes of Ghost Goo and Meat Hooks. So I actually tell a story in it. She tells a story in it. And then he talks about a game. Tons of fun. That would be a great place to start. It was episode 26. So that was her podcast, Page Turners and Button Mashers. And I'm actually going to take a quick break. And then you will hear their trailer shortly after that. All right. Be back in a bit. Hey, Cursed Ones. Since you're listening to my podcast, I can only assume that, like me, you're into the dark and spooky sides of life that most people tend to stay away from. If that's the case, you'll love the new partnership I'm a part of. I've partnered with Melodramatic Fine Art to bring you a beautiful set of five spooky-looking postcards. Personally, I'm framing and hanging mine. They're so cool. I'm not sending them to anybody. They're mine. (laughs) Each postcard is five by seven inches, has a matte finish, and features photographs of eerie, spooky shit that I just cannot get enough of. We're talking dark chandeliers, a bathtub full of dirt and leaves, random toilet brush art that you'll have to see to believe. Not to mention, the creator of these is one of my very first supporters, so if you could help me support her, head to thricecursepod.com and click the menu option postcard set, or search melodramatic fine art on Etsy. Make sure to use code THRICE10 at checkout for 10% off, and just in time for the holidays, too. Hey, everyone. I'm Nikki. And I'm Tyler. And we are Page Turners and Button Mashers. Do you guys love books, games, or even both? Well, we have the podcast for you. I come in with a book of the week, sometimes a series of books, and give you the tip to tail of the book and base on how many pages turned it was worth. Then I follow up with a game of the week and give you the ins and outs of what to expect, how many awards, and of course, how much I loved it. So if you love books, if you love games, and if you love witty openings, then you should totally tune into Page Turners and Button Mashers. And we're back. This next story comes from someone who'd prefer to stay anonymous. So if you want to send in a story but are concerned about me sharing your name or information, you can go by a pseudonym or just say, I'd prefer you not say my name. Put that at the beginning. I will not say your name. So anonymous sent. All right. So back when my grandmother bought the house, it was her, her fiance, my mom, my uncle, and the various neighborhood kids that would all come hang out. She was, and still is, the neighborhood mom slash grandma. So then the dream started. Anyone who slept in the master bedroom would have hella crazy dreams, wake up with scratches and bruises. Apparently, they stopped being able to sleep in there and began to use it as a guest room. I would be pissed if I bought a house and then could not use my master bedroom. Just no. Haunt the guest bed. That's that's fine. But my room is off limits. Well, one night, the soon-to-be father-in-law spends the night and has horrible nightmares and sweats right through his clothes and the sheets. I was told by both my mom and grandma that you could see a perfect outline of his body on the bed. No, no, no. (laughs) I just read ahead and I hate this. Okay. Oh, 
So naturally, my grandma changes the sheets and flips the mattress over. And on the underside of the mattress is the very same outline of his body, but in blood. They're exact words. So after that, nobody uses the room. But it became a challenge for the kids because that room was also the only attic access. No, no attics. Attics are bad. Attics are always bad. Although my older sister had a ghost friend in our childhood home that was 100% convinced that there was money in the attic. She did not go look and we never found out. So maybe they're not always bad, but they're always bad. One of the neighbor kids went into the attic after my mom's cousin threw some of her jewelry up there and came down immediately clammy, shaking, and like multiple shades lighter than he was seconds ago. He was about 16 or so at the time. Freaking out that there was something in the attic, that he'd been there for hours, and that it wouldn't let him leave. But again, he was up there according to my mom for only a few minutes. So they call around to family, and one of the uncles, family friend, you know how it is, is willing to go up and check it out. Well, less than five minutes later, they're calling 911 because he'd had a massive heart attack. He nearly died. Oh, I have the worst chills. Okay, so at this point, they're all like, the house is haunted. Yeah, yeah, someone just had a heart attack. (laughs) It's haunted. Kids get sent with friends and family. The only ones at the house are my grandma and her fiancé and the priest. Yes, thanks, priests. (laughs) The priest goes into the room, closes the door, stays for a while. They never went into detail on what happened or what he did. Okay, but, like, I need to know. I've been left hanging, but I need to know. (laughs) Whatever he did fixed the problem. Okay. The attic was usable with no freaky presence. The master bedroom could be slept in with no nightmares or marks or bruises. So a week later, my... Nope, nope. I I feel like I know where this is going, but I hate it. So a week later, my grandma calls wanting to thank him and to make a donation to the church. She was told that the same day he returned from her house, that he packed everything at his desk and quit the same day. That did not go where I thought it did, but I still don't like it. Um, What the fuck was in your attic, girl? I wish I could offer proof, but all I have is the word of my grandma and mom. Considering how surely they believe in dark entities and the conversations I've had with them and her friend who went into the attic, I believe them. I Do you have more stories? Because I need more stories. <laughs> um, so the same girl that sent that story absolutely blew my mind by throwing out super nonchalantly that her godfather was actually stationed at Area 51 and then said that without a doubt, aliens exist. So I have always believed that aliens exist, but there you have it. Also, why so nonchalant? This next one comes from an amateur paranormal investigator named Denise. Her words, I'm not calling her an amateur. (laughs) So here's what happened. We were drunk. No, nobody was drunk. My mind is getting ahead of me in the sentence. 
We were at the Dunkirk Lighthouse in Dunkirk, New York, doing an investigation. The second floor was turned into a museum for the armed forces, each room being a different branch. Each room was filled with artifacts, guns, uniforms, etc., all donated by servicemen. We were just going room by room investigating. We were using mag flashlights, a digital voice recorder, and our phones as flashlights. The army room has a glass display case around the exterior of the room. On top of one of the cases were machetes. All right. We walked over and I set my phone on top of the case. I then picked up a machete and turned around. As I was starting to pull the machete out of its case, my phone went flying off the glass case. It landed about a foot in front of me. If it had merely fallen onto the floor, it would have fallen behind me, not in front of me. Okay, (laughs) not liking this. At the time, we didn't think much about it, but when I listened back to the digital voice recordings, we captured a moan like someone had gotten stabbed, and then it was followed by gunfire sounds. This happened right before I could hear us talking about my phone being on the floor. You can hear in the recording us walk away into another room, and then gunfire goes off again. I had left my recorder in the army room. We were really disappointed that we didn't get much paranormal activity that night. Then come to find out we did, but we just couldn't hear it. This is a lesson to all investigators not to give up until the end. You never know what you might capture. I might still have the recordings I could share with you. Please let me know if you do. Now, I did reach out to her about those recordings. I think she's still hunting for them, but if she sends them to me and I have her permission, I will update this and add those to the end. Or I might just make another additional episode because I'm not that tech savvy, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) Now to finish us off, we have a story from Shirley Davis, and I've been warned it is quite a doozy. A little info. My grandmother was what I called a reader of people. She could look at someone and tell you things about them, if they were good, bad, devious, etc., My mother was, at times, sensitive to spirits, meaning she could only feel things occasionally. I am also sensitive to spirits and know when they are around me and if they are good or bad. It wasn't until after this incident happened and I talked to my grandmother that I found this out. Since then, I have had many experiences, including Ouija boards. Never mess with Ouija boards! Ah! Sorry, they freaked me out so bad. (laughs) I won't even have one as decor, and I think they just look so awesome. (laughs) One was at the Winchester Mystery House, and several at the Brookdale Lodge in Ben Lamond. I don't know where that is. Hmm. At Brookdale, I had witnesses about what went on and pictures to back it up. I'm going to need those pictures. Okay, thanks. Now my story. I was 17 at the time, and my boyfriend, Mel, in quotations, (laughs) was 20 and built like a football player. He stood 6'2 and weighed somewhere around 230 pounds, I believe. We had been dating for about three months, so we were still finding things out about each other. I lived with my grandmother, so after she had met him, she told me that he was very polite, but there was something not right about him. Don't like that! 
Me being a teenager, I didn't really believe her and thought she just didn't like him, so I ignored her warning. It was during a really hot summer. The temperature during the day was hitting in the high 90s. It was a Saturday, and Mel had called me to see if I would like to go to a party and meet some of his friends. I agreed, even though I don't drink. He picked me up, and we went to his friend's house. When we got there, I had an uneasy feeling come over me, but I thought it was just because I didn't know anyone. I was somewhat shy. Everyone was drinking and laughing and having a good time. It was a two-story house, but not very big, so the main floor was a little crowded. Mel told me he would be back in a minute, so if I wanted, I could go sit down and wait for him. I went over and sat on the end of the couch and watched the people around me while I waited. The way some of the people were acting was weird, but I figured they were just drunk. Mel came back, took my hand, and said we were going somewhere a little quieter. We went up this really narrow staircase to the second floor. I hate this so far. (laughs) We went into this room that was roughly 15 feet by 15 feet square, and it was painted a purple color. There was one window to the room, and it was wide open. We sat down cross-legged next to the window and started talking. He told me how he was excited for me to meet his father because he was sure his father would like me. He then went on to tell me how important his father was and these gatherings he would put on. Oh my god, is this a cult story? I feel like this is a cult story. Oh my god, I'm freaking out. Mel said his father expected him to be at these gatherings, so Mel wanted to take me with him to show me off. He told me about the beautiful dresses I would wear, along with the jewelry. I didn't think anything of it until he started telling me that we would be meeting important people and that I had to remember who I spoke to and had to say certain things depending on who I was talking to. I was getting a weird feeling about the whole thing. I started asking him questions about it, when it suddenly felt like I was in a freezer and I noticed I could see my breath. What? What is happening? Mel said, shit, the same time I felt this even colder breeze come through the window and pass by me. He looked straight ahead like he was looking at someone. At first, Mel kind of looked scared. He started shaking his head back and forth saying, no, no, you can't. I won't let you. No. It almost sounded like he was pleading with someone. He then fell silent like he was listening. I can only describe it as ice fingers that caressed my face at that time. I sat there afraid to move or say anything. Yeah, I probably would too. He got this determined look on his face and in a stern voice said, No, I won't let you. I'm not doing it. She's mine and I won't let you have her. That is when whatever was in the room, picked my boyfriend up off the floor and threw him against the wall and held him there two feet off the ground. Mel started struggling and his face was turning red like something had him by the throat. He kept saying over and over through clenched teeth, no, you can't have her. I won't let you. Like part of me really wants to believe that he had some really cool friends who were able to prank you, but holy fuck, I hate this. I'm not sure how long he was up there, but his face turned purple and he finally fell silent. I was starting to freak out because I thought for sure he was dead and didn't know what I was going to do. 
That's when something caught my eye. I thought I saw something standing in front of him, but couldn't make it out. I stared at that space, and it was like something was invisible, but when it moved, things were slightly distorted. I'm not sure why, but I yelled out, leave him alone. Mel fell to the floor, totally limp. It was still cold enough to see her breath in the room, but something much colder seemed to be zipping around the room. I watched Mel's shirt move as whatever it was went by him, and I could feel it whenever it went past me. Girl, you're... Mm, I hate all of this. <laughs> I yelled, get out. It went by Mel again, then flew past me and out the window, causing the window to slam shut. The temperature was back to being hot again. I crawled over to Mel to see if he was alive. Color was coming back to his face when I shook him and called his name. He finally opened his eyes and I saw that they were bloodshot. I helped him to sit up and lean against the wall. I asked him what the hell had just happened. Good question. I think we'd all love to know. All he would tell me was that he loved me and had been fighting for me, but he was losing until I had yelled out. He said that I had given him the power he needed to win the fight. Um, no, I think you were the power and you kicked ghost butt. But, you know, let him take all the credit. That's fine. <sighs> he said that I had power I didn't know about and that's what attracted it to me. It wanted that power. He never told me what it was only that it was better if I didn't know. Hmm. Yeah, it always is better if you don't know, right? What was really weird was I thought we had only been in that room for an hour at most, but come to find out, I lost 12 hours in that room. When we came downstairs, the party was over and it was Sunday. I caught hell once I got home, but after things died down, I told my grandmother, I lived with her, what had happened. I seriously didn't think she would believe me, but she did. That's when she told me about her and my mother. I also dumped Mel after that because of what happened. I found out some years later when we ran into each other that he had been into Satanism. Okay, that was a lot. <laughs> Shirley, thank you. Um, I'm really glad you left a stupid ass and don't fuck with dark forces, everybody. <laughs> So this has been episode one of the Grimoire Tales. If you have a story you'd like to tell, be it true crime, paranormal, aliens, do you have some weird conspiracy theory you think the world needs to hear? And let's try and keep that not political conspiracies just because I think we've all had enough of those for a while. But if you have anything like that, send it my way. You can email me at thricecursedpod at gmail.com. You can also send me mail to 520 North Ventu Park Road, number 273, Newberry Park, California. And that mail can be a listener story if you just think it's extra special and want to have it in a letter. If you just want to say hi or encourage me and tell me that I'm doing good because, you know, could always use a little encouragement. Uh, for more cursed content, you can find me at Thrice Cursed Pod across social media. You can also go to my website, www.thricecursepod.com. There I have a blog where I post all of the episodes word for word. Please don't plagiarize because I work really hard on it. <laughs> um, I also post episode photos there as well. You can get all of my links to buy me a coffee, to Patreon, things like that. 
All right. Well, until next time, guys, keep your curses hexy and your hexes sexy. <laughs>